0: Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. How's everybody doing today? Are we good? Awesome, awesome. We're well, so good to be with you all. If we haven't met yet, my name is Brandon, and uh, welcome to all of those who are with us online as well. You know, I, I love, love the fact that I have friends in my life who are committed to the work. No, actually, the, the ministry of sharing hilarious TikTok videos, <laughs> hilarious reels with me. You know, if if you want to make Brandon's day, just share a hilarious reel with me. Share, share, share a TikTok with me. That That makes... My day, and I imagine that I'm not alone in that. I have one friend who lives out of state. This is literally our relationship, y'all. This is literally our, our relationship. No joke. We, we check in through TikTok videos and we check in through reels. We'll, we'll, we'll literally share one and we're like, Oh, this is funny. This is so funny. And then we'll send laughing emojis, crying face emojis. And then after that, we'd be like, Hey, you good? You good? How's, how's the fam? They're good? Cool. How's work? Awesome. But the contract is that you share that video first and then we get to that. If, if, you, if you do the check-in first, then we're not, you know, you're breaking that contract. So that, that's literally our, our relationship. And you know, we're talking a lot about TikTok videos and reels. It would only be proper for me to show you one that found its way in my DMs not too long ago. So check this out. Such a good shepherd, wow. <laughs> Such a good shepherd. <laughs> it's it's funny because, like, it's me. Like, it's, you know, it's I, I I see myself in that. I I I do. It's, it's funny, you know. We we all know that that social media has made it easy for us to share videos with the people that we love. But we, we don't just share videos with the people that we love, we, we also share movie recommendations. We share restaurant or, or hangout spot recommendations. We share music with the people that we love. We even share more important things like, you know, if someone's looking for a, a doctor or a chiropractor, we may make a recommendation. If someone is looking for a counselor, we may suggest one that we know. If... Someone is in the market for a new job and we like our jobs and we feel like that person won't embarrass us. We, <laughs> we, we say, hey, yeah, go ahead, send me your resume and, and I will put in words. See, the, the truth is that we share what we love with who we love. It's just what we do. But there, there's another side to this coin. There's another reality that, that sometimes rather than sharing there are some things that we want to gatekeep. There, there are some things that we want to keep a bit exclusive, that we, we, we want to limit access to. You know, things that come to mind may be like a productivity hack or, or a recipe, or maybe it, it's a business tactic. You know, maybe that's because we feel like we want to keep it just in the family. We want to keep it between the crew. Or, or maybe it's because it feels like it's still being perfected. Right. We're still working on it. Maybe we don't share because it just feels vulnerable. It feels vulnerable to share that thing. You know, maybe. uh, Oh, I I began to think about this a little bit more, this idea of of the things that we gatekeeping. What came to mind for me is I, I began to wonder if sometimes we unintentionally gatekeep Jesus from those around us. It began to occur to me, like, I wonder if that is something that we can unintentionally do. And do we do that for similar reasons that we just talked about? For, for some of us, maybe we have never thought about sharing our faith outside of a church setting, with, with people outside of our church. Maybe it's because we don't feel like we, we know enough. We, we say, well, I will reserve that for the people who have been Christians and walking with Jesus longer, that's not for me. Maybe we, we, we have thought about sharing our faith, but we just don't feel equipped to do it. We, we don't feel like we, we know how to do that. You know, We're like, well, do I share a script? Is it like some sort of formula? What does that mean? You know, perhaps we, we, we feel that the connotation of sharing your faith or evangelism it's just, it, it has a bitter taste in our mouth. It feels negative to us because of how we've seen other people approach it throughout our lives. So we say, I don't know if that is really for me. Maybe you just don't want to feel weird. Maybe it, 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 it's like a, a, it just feels weird to talk about your faith. So the question that I want us to wrestle with together for, for the next few minutes is, why share the God I love with the people I love? Why? Why share the God I love with the people I love? Now, maybe you're here today and and you wouldn't identify as a Christian. And and that is totally okay. That is is fine. And and I don't want you to hear this message today through a a lens of pressure. And wherever you are today on the the faith-sharing spectrum, I believe the Bible addresses this question for us. So I want to go to John 4. We're going to look at a story in John four. We're gonna examine a picture of what it looks like, what it could look like to share your faith in a relational way. We're gonna check out the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. So there are Soul City Bibles underneath the seat in front of you, or if you're on the balcony, they should be on the armrest beside you. John four is on page 862 in those Soul City Bibles. Now, as you turn there, what's happening in John chapter four up until this point, in the, in the first couple of verses is that Jesus is with his disciples and they are baptizing people who the religious leaders would have, you know, rejected. And the religious leaders are, are irritated. They're bothered by that. And they're, you know, just being annoying to Jesus. And rather than dealing with the haters, Jesus is like, I'm, I'm going to get up out of here. Like I'm, I'm going to head out. And this is where we pick up the story in verse three. It says, so he left Judea and went back at once, or went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman asked him, "You or said to him, you are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. So what's happening? What is happening in this text? Well, verse four tells us that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Why is that important? Well, it's important because the, in this time, there was deep social and racial and, and um, just religious division between the Samaritans and the Jews of Jesus's day. Normally, a, a good Orthodox Jewish person, especially a rabbi like Jesus, they would go around Samaria, but Jesus, he went through. He went through Samaria, and as he's going through, he, he sees this woman drawing water from the well at 12 p.m., which is an, an unusual time to draw water because it's extremely hot. It's burning hot, and usually the women would go later in the day in groups together to get water. But this woman is at the well at the wrong time and alone. And I love this about Jesus, that he he often meets us when we're in lonely places, when when we're not where we're supposed to be. See, encountering this woman at that exact place, in that exact time, it was priority for Jesus. This this woman from a completely different culture, from a, a different background, with different beliefs, likely a social outcast, that's why she came at a different time, it was important for Jesus to meet her spiritual needs. It was essentially important for him to share himself, to share his faith with her. And the fact that Jesus, he he puts himself in a position to encounter this woman, it says to me that sharing his faith was not optional, but it was essential for Jesus. Seeing her, recognizing her, and addressing her spiritual needs, it was important. To Jesus, she was worth him defying the cultural norms of the day. She was worth him pushing past what would have been uncomfortable for others. You know, it's so interesting that uh, in a survey done by the Barna group, it suggests that 47% of millennials believe that sharing their faith is wrong. 47% of us. And, And if I'm being honest, I can totally understand why. You know, many of us, we, we grew up seeing Jesus misrepresented. Yeah. And, and even today, you know, there, there's Christian nationalism. There, 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 there are Christians who spew hate speech online. There are Christians who, who yell and condemn you from street corners. If you haven't noticed, being a Christian in 2023 is not all that cool sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's really not. But here's my question for you. What if you're supposed to be one of the ones who flips the script? What, what if you're supposed to be one of the ones who presents a different picture of who Jesus is to those around you? That's what Jesus did for this Samaritan woman. She had a ton of preconceived notions and ideas about who Jewish men were of the day. But Jesus did not fit within that box. Friends, if you are one who considers themselves to be a Jesus follower, one who practices doing the stuff that Jesus did, there will come a time in your life when the Holy Spirit will begin to nudge you to share your faith with someone else. It is just the way of Jesus. It is just the way of Jesus. He, he, he pursues those who feel far off. He loves those who feel unseen. He, 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 sees, he sees those who feel unseen and he loves those who feel unworthy of love. It may, it may defy the norms of the office a bit. It, it may defy the, the norms of the friendship that you've established with someone a little bit. It may defy the norms of your family a little bit, but this is just what Jesus invites his followers to do. And usually... He wants to meet these spiritual needs, and he wants to see his people through us, his disciples. He starts it through us. You know, when, when he was commissioning his, his disciples right after his resurrection, this is what he says in Mark sixteen fifteen. He says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel or, or the good news about Jesus. And he said, uh, go or, or, to the whole creation. Now, spoiler alert. Um, I, I checked. I did it. I did it for you so you didn't have to. Um, if you were wondering, they didn't finish. They, they, they didn't get the job done. <laughs> they, they, they couldn't finish the job. That work, it actually continues through you and I today. And I don't want you to hear me say that sharing your faith is mandatory, but it is missional. Sharing your faith is missional. Jesus does not want to just settle for doing things in you. He doesn't want to just settle for for, for transforming you inside, but he also wants to do things through you. He wants to do things through you as well. The Christian life is meant to be both a in and through experience, a in and through experience. Experience, And I'm willing to bet that many of us are here today because Jesus began to do something in someone and then through someone. So, so right now, actually, in this moment, I want you to take a second, close your eyes. I want you to think of a specific name of a person that God used, that God worked through to share Jesus with you. Go ahead, think of a name. Think of a person as to why you're sitting in these very seats. See, I'm sure many of us have a name. Maybe it was easy for you. Maybe it came to mind right away. Jesus began to do something in your friend and then through your friend when they invited you to Soul City. Jesus began to do something in your parents or your grandparents, and then through your parents and your grandparents when they shared their faith with you. Jesus began to do something in your coworker and then through your coworker when they began to talk about their faith with you. This is the, 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 the Christian experience that Jesus invites us into. But the question still remains, how? How do we share our faith? What does that even mean? You know, in, in the past, for 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 many of us, we 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 may have thought that sharing your faith was only asking somebody like, "Hey, if you uh, if you die today, uh, hey, uh, do you know where you would go? Do you do you know where you would be? Where you would where you would end up?" But but see, sharing your faith. It doesn't doesn't have to look like that. Sharing your faith, it means to position yourself to show others the love of Jesus. And and I believe that John 4 gives us a few practices that, that we can begin to utilize in our lives. The first one that I want to talk about that we see here is lead with humility. Lead with humility. I want you to notice how Jesus begins this interaction with the Samaritan woman. He, he begins it with humility. This is our savior, Jesus. This is the uh, king of the earth, the kings of, of the heaven and the earth, and he is capable of doing literally anything he wants to do, yet he asked this woman for a drink of water. In his humanity, he asked for a drink of water. He establishes commonality with this woman. It, it was water, it, it was being thirsty, And Jesus, leading with humility, it opened this woman up to the spiritual dialogue that Jesus had with her. It broke down the gender and the racial barriers that were present in that moment. See, leading with humility in our lives, it looks like searching for the common ground with the people that God has placed around us. Searching for the common ground with them. And similar to Jesus, it means that we are being human. We are being real. You know, just don't be weird. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what we see Jesus does here, and that's what he invites us to do. Just don't be weird. Christianity is already weird enough. It, it doesn't need our help <laughs> to be uh, more, more weird, right? So the common ground, what is it? What, what's the common ground with your non-Christian coworkers or friends or, or neighbors or family members, what, what's the common ground? Is it, is it sports? Is it, is it music? Is it social issues? What is the common ground? I've seen this happen in my own life. Uh, at the gym, for example, I've met so many great people just at the gym, and that becomes the common ground. That, that becomes the place of connection, and it's, it's working out. You, you don't realize how many relationships are made when you're just like, hey, bro, can I, can I get a spot? spot, cool, okay. What's your name? Nice to meet you. And you know, it's, 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 it's a place of connection. It breaks down barriers. What is the common ground? But the next practice we see in this text is listen with hospitality. Listen with hospitality. In verse 10, Jesus says this, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the water is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? I I love that because she's like, "Uh, sir, you crazy? Uh, what, What are you talking about? See? This encounter, this is actually the the longest recorded dialogue Jesus has with an individual in the Gospels. This is the longest recorded conversation he has. There's nothing accidental in the Bible. Jesus has this lengthy conversation with this Samaritan woman about the living water he offers, about how to worship, about who the Messiah is. And this woman has the opportunity to share what she's heard and what she believes about all of these spiritual things. Jesus makes it a safe place for her to open up, for her to be honest about where she is. In the New Testament, the word hospitality, it literally means love to strangers, love to strangers. And one of the most loving things that we can all do is listen. That is one of the most loving things we can do. Listen to people's experiences. Listen to their frustrations. Listen to their beliefs. It, it may be strange to you to listen, to hear what they're saying, but in listening, we demonstrate love. Jesus, he was such a master at this. When, when we lead with hospitality, we, we, we are making it a safe place, a welcoming place for people to be honest for people to be real, and we also are allowing ourselves to move out of the way. We are getting out of the way. We are establishing that we actually care. We actually are interested in the person in front of us, and often we, self-included in this, we are more concerned with being interested, interesting than we are with being interested See, being interest, uh, interesting is about me. It's about self. It's about uh, how, how cool and engaging am I. But being interested is about the person in front of us. It's about the person that we have right in front of us. And this is easier said, for sure. Listening is hard. Otherwise, we would all do it. <laughs> it it's extremely hard. You know, I, I have a, a buddy in my life who's not uh, religious, and you know, doesn't you know? He's not a church goer, but he has tons of opinions about church, <laughs> tons of thoughts about church. You know, he'll say things like, "So wait a second, um, your your title is transformation pastor, okay? So what are you what are you transforming? I mean, are you you you're gonna transform me? Uh, what what does that mean? So so wait you." You work at the church full time. Uh, how does that work? What, what do you do? And you know, the problem with church people is this. The problem with church is this, is that, and, and, and I hear a lot of this and, and I just listen and it's hard sometimes. It, it is extremely hard sometimes, but, but then I, I try to think to myself, okay, if he's bringing this up, there must be something else behind these questions. There must be something else behind this. There's probably a curiosity behind this. There's probably some pain behind this. There's probably some, some interest, some openness behind this. And I'm willing to bet that there is someone in your life right now who you can begin to listen to in a more intentional way, listening to them while you work. Listening to them while you go to the Super Bowl party today. Listening while you have dinner together. So we lead with humility. Or, and then we listen with hospitality. And then lastly, what we see in this text is we lean on Holy Spirit. We lean on Holy Spirit. This is the practice that that fueled the first two. Throughout this encounter with this woman, Jesus, he is leaning on Holy Spirit. It was was through the Holy Spirit that Jesus was able to see that this woman wasn't just physically thirsty, but she was spiritually thirsty as well. She couldn't recognize it yet, but Jesus could see it. And then we're told in the story that Jesus, he, he, he surprises her when he supernaturally tells her names that she's had five husbands in the past. And Jesus didn't say this to shame the woman, but he said this to to be specific and clear about the pain that his living water was able to heal, about the pain that he was able to address. Listen, if your faith is in Jesus, then the Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit's presence and his power lives in you. He is our empowerer. He is our our God. And when it comes to sharing your faith, he helps us to see what we do not see. He helps us to, to, to do what we should do next, to say what we should say or not say next. Believe it or not, there are people around you right now in your life that seem okay, but they're not okay. There are people around you right now that that seem like they just want to keep it at a surface level, they just want to keep it up here, but they're actually searching for something more. They're actually searching for something different. You know, the Holy Spirit, when we lead with humility, when we listen with hospitality, he guides us into what sharing our faith looks like next. It could be, for example, simply sharing our story. Simply saying that, you know, at one point in my life looked this way. It felt this way. But now that I'm in a relationship with Jesus, everything's not perfect, but here's what it feels like today. It feels like this today. Here's what has changed. That's sharing your faith. Sharing your faith could also look like just inviting somebody to church with you. And just saying, literally, come and see. Hey, just come and see for yourself. I don't have all the answers. I, I don't know all the things, but all I know is that since I have been making faith and my relationship with Jesus more of a priority, something has been happening. You should just come and see. That's sharing your faith. Or in a moment when a friend shares about a, about a, a situation that is extremely difficult that they're going through, rather than just saying, oh, man, that, that, that really sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. What, what if you said, you know, could I pray for you right now? Could could I pray for you in this moment? You know, prayer is something that I turn to in moments like this. I would love to just say a quick prayer for you. And then in that moment, say a 15 to 20 second prayer, inviting God into their situation, inviting God's peace and his presence into that moment. I have seldomly ever been rejected in terms of asking somebody to pray in moments like that, because prayer, it, it communicates care. That's sharing your faith. You know, I I remember prior to my family and I moving back to Chicagoland, we had gotten really close with a few of our neighbors. And one of my neighbors in particular, we we had built a really good relationship. Uh, He and I had established a system of, of cutting each other's grass, you know, being on a week, off a week. It was beautiful. So it was a wonderful thing. And eventually, He started to invite me to his barbecues. I I would invite him to to ours and our kids would play together. And, you know, he just kept opening up and we we, we were connecting and and getting to know one another. He he started to share his story. He started to share his beliefs on, on certain things and his struggles. And then one day he just became extremely open, extremely honest, extremely real. And shortly after that, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, hey, invite him to the early morning Bible study or, or group that you were leading. And I, I was like, uh, okay, I, I, felt, I felt a little nervous about that because that was a change in the, in, in the contract <laughs> that we had up until that point, of the, of the norms of our relationship up until that point. I was concerned, I was like, uh, I don't know how he would feel in this very Christian thing happening at my house he loved it. He he enjoyed it. it. It was what he needed. And seeing him, seeing him come alive in that space, it gave me so much life. It gave me so much energy. And it wasn't, it wasn't so much about what was happening in him. He did start to like go to our church as well. And, and from what we know, church is still a part of his life today. And it, and it's cool. And I, I know that it wasn't about what I did, I played a part, but it was more about what that did in me. It was more about what happened in me. See, because when we, when we share our faith, it's, act, it's actually an act of trust. It's an act of, of saying, okay, God, I'm gonna step out and make what you did in me concrete by sharing it with someone else. We, we can't help but to level up in our relationship with God. We can't help, it's like we're going public with a relationship. You know, at that point, this is real. And, and, and it's something that happens in you when you begin to share your faith with Jesus. Now, can, can you imagine if you were the person in your office that people began to come to for advice, for, for guidance, for wisdom, Or what if you were the the, the friend in your circle that people felt safe with to to share their spiritual questions, to to actually share their doubts, to to, to share the things that they are wrestling with? Or or what if you were the person that the people in your life, they just felt safe to be 100% honest with? Church, I, I don't know if we fully understand and recognize the power of sharing our faith with others. It can literally lead to an individual, to, to a family or, or to a community being transformed. The bottom line is that a, a life of faith includes sharing your faith. It just does. It, it includes us being open to how God wants to work through us. It includes being honest with, okay, God, I don't know what this looks like, but I'm going to take a, take a step because I'm seeing that you're doing something in this moment. So right now, I want you to close your eyes for a second. I want you to think about one person in your life, one person in your life that you can take a step this week, not, not in, in a month, not in two months, but this week to share your faith with somehow, in some way that could look like. Inviting them to Soul City, just saying, hey, come and see. I don't have all the answers. Just come and see. Or it could look like you simply sharing a part of your faith story. But this week, I want you to take a step and share your faith with that person. And this this is my hope for us all, for, for Soul City. My hope is that may we be a church community that not only lives by faith, but we share our faith. Would you all stand with me as we close? Father, I I say thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given us to partner with you, but more so God for what happens in us when we trust you in that way. When we trust you enough to say, I will share what you do in the lives of people. God, would you help us, empower us, be a type of people that shares what you're doing in us. We want to see you do it through us in Jesus' name. Amen.